What's up, disc golfers? Welcome to episode 22 of the Disc Golf Podcast. I am Robin, along with my co-host, Joe. I'm Joe. Welcome to the Disc Golf Podcast. What are we going to talk about tonight, Joe? Uh, we're going to talk about stuff and things, but you didn't mention that it's episode number 22. Yeah. Um, another, like, get back into that kind of worthless age thing where it's like... See, no, I like 22. 22, 22 is, a, is actually probably, like, the most tight. 22 is a pretty lucky number. Or 23 was pretty cool, too. 22 is a pretty lucky number in my life. That's true. Personally. That's true. 22, so, um, 22, 22s make our disc golf life better. That, that, I didn't even think about the beer angle, but. <laughs> is but, it, is it bad that that's the first thing I thought about? <laughs> I'm, yeah, it does indicate a certain life, uh, lifestyle, I would say. Well, lifestyle, just, you know, I'm smart with numbers and stuff. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You were able to recognize that the beer you're drinking was 22 ounces. That's. Well, the one I'm drinking is 25 ounces, Ooh. but I'm also drinking one that is 22. I'll stop talking. <laughs> oh. So this podcast is actually about disc golf, and we have a great, great episode coming up for you tonight. We are going to discuss the tournament action of this last weekend. So we had a live broadcast a disc golf pro tour event, the Silver Cup, sponsored by Legacy Discs, that we will cover. We also had a, a tournament that was local to us, semi-local to us, which was the, the King of the Lake up in Lake Tahoe, California, which is a grueling, basically, I think, five-round tournament, I want to say, uh, up here in uh, California and Nevada. Actually, one of the courses is in Nevada, and that was, that was awesome. We're also going to segue that into playing at elevation because all of those courses are at 4,000 plus feet, which is a huge difference for any disc golfer if you've never played at elevation. So we're going to kind of discuss that, talk about how elevation affects your game. We're also going to get into the, uh, the live coverage that we, we saw a little bit with the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Which was great. I enjoyed it. I watched some of it this weekend, but we're going to talk about that a little bit along with our tournament recap. The next thing is our deer review. Our world famous disc and beer pairing. Our deer review. We're going to review the Discmania DDX, the highly touted, highly anticipated distance driver from Discmania with a ton of glide that came out earlier this year. Joe and I have been wanting to review the review this disc all year long and we we've had it for a little while now and gotten a chance to throw it quite a bit and we're going to review lot that along with Mach 10 from, from bear, republic. bear republic from our friends at bear republic so Mach 10 10 the the uh roman numeral for 10 is x yep so that's we're going ddx a little bit of a stretch but we wanted to review this disc and well, it's a super fast disc it's you know Mach 10 is a you know yeah. super high speed and this is a seasonal beer from Bear Republic, who has been a sponsor of us in the past and sent us a lot of wonderful hey, stuff. Hey, listen, once so a sponsor, always a sponsor. We love Bear Republic, and the DDX is a great new disc that hit the market and has really kind of caught fire. So our world-famous disc and beer pairing, where we pair a disc with a beer, review them both, and let you know whether we're going to bring them out on the course with us for the weekend. So, great thing. And then, after that... We go to sleep. Yeah, we'll probably do that. <laughs> that's that's let's let's be honest, guys. Uh, we're old men. 
after we do a podcast late at night and then drink a beer, is a good chance we'll just fall asleep. Right. Like we do our, our three ounce tasters of our beer. Mm-hmm. And like, whew, that's enough. Yeah. And we just, we just call it a night. Three ounce tasters because we want to maintain the quality of the podcast at all times. Well, we want to maintain the quality, but we also like really want to keep our palate fresh so we really know what we're saying with the, the beers that we review. Um, and plus, like, worst case scenario, you catch a bug, buzz, like, ugh. What I do for Joe is I, put, I take a Sharpie and I grab the beer he's drinking and I put a line at the very top and I write three ounces. No, totally. And for Robin, what I do is I take a Sharpie and I just drop it in his beer. Oh, that's... That's really cruel. I know. You drink it anyways, but... No wonder my tongue's been... That's... But it's cool, because you're like, oh, I'm a giraffe. Because they have black black tongues. <laughs> did you know that? No, I yeah. did not know that. You just got science. Today I learned. You're welcome. That's the thing you learned today. <laughs> so I try and learn one thing every day. And today, that's what you learned. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think this is a great time to... To talk about how awesome we are at picking things? Oh no! Mm-hmm. We'll get into that later, but the Legacy Silver Cup, Legacy Disc sponsoring the Silver Cup, which was the Disc Golf Pro Tour event that came over the weekend. This year, we have had multiple kind of tournament um, series that have come out. We've had the Disc Golf World Tour, mm-hmm. we have the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and then we have the American Disc Golf Tour. Right which are all three different tournament series that all have live broadcasts uh, linked to them. And this was just another set of them. Uh, the main broadcaster was Smashbox. Wait, before you go on that, if we start our own tour, what would we call it? Um, the... I mean, I know, but I'm hoping you would like, come up with a cool name. I, had, I got nothing, but I'm going to say the West Coast Deer Tour. Oh, I like that. That's not where I was going, but that's really good. Uh, what I would do, I, I would cash in on uh, Pop Culture Sensation. Uh, I don't remember the name of the show, but it's where they're all like, Bazinga, right? So I'd be like, the Bazinga World Tour. I think mine was better. Because everyone laughs when they hear Bazinga because it's too a funny show. I, I don't know the name of the show and I haven't really ever watched it. To but be, a lot of people watch it. So To be honest, when you started saying that, I thought you were going Pokemon Go. I thought you were going to... I thought you were going to oh, make a Pokemon Go damn reference. it. That's a way better idea. So. Shit. Uh, can I take mine back? No. The, uh, but I don't think you could say, like, I don't know that Bazinga is trademarked. I mean, it probably is at this point. I don't think. I, 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 I'm sure it is. First but, of all, I have no idea, nor do I think the people that would have trademarked it would have cared. I'm, they make hella money. <laughs> um, and Pokemon is for sure traded. That's a Nintendo, which you know very well. I do. Um. So maybe I'd be, i call it like, the the Pokemon's World Tours is. Do you think every podcast in America is going to touch on Pokemon Go in some fashion this week? Yeah, but I think a lot of them will be like, not on purpose. Yeah, well, that's, that's exactly. Be, like, like, in our podcast, if I was like, Robin, Robin, so, stop, stop catching Pokemans. <laughs> so I've seen multiple posts of people... Having trouble on disc golf courses with people playing Pokemon Go, trying to find their Pokestops and and all that stuff on disc golf courses. People wandering, staring at their phone in fairways, trying to find Pokemon. Multiple times. I'm going to dye any of my white discs with Pokeballs on them. <laughs> I'm like, you got a Pokemon! When I hit them, because I'm not paying sure attention. I'm pretty sure that you could, you could make that happen. 
I've also seen people that are are submitting disc golf courses as Pokemon gyms and Pokestops so that they can play disc golf and also get their Pokemon on. They, yeah, but their Pokemon. As we all know, what every disc golf course needs is more fucking random people walking through it. Yeah. That that makes it a better disc golf experience for everyone, right? It would make it more difficult. It would be stupid. Yeah. Please don't do that in Sonoma County. Yeah. So I, I saw a lot of posts over the uh, the forums and things like that of, of people talking about uh, Pokemon goers. Listen, I'm just going to get up. really good at Pokemon Go just so I can take over every gym and, and not ever be beaten just to keep them off our courses. I don't think that's how it works. I think that's how it works. I don't think that's how it works. No, I think like you get like a super strong Pokemon and then like... You're like, I'm the best, and then someone has to, like, beat your Pokemon. <laughs> and if they don't, then it's still your gym. I don't. I don't think that's how it works. Listen, I've got my, uh, <laughs> I've got my... I don't... I never think... mind. I'm, let's, I think it'd actually be the complete opposite if you were, in indeed, to play Pokemon enough to create a super powerful Poke Gym with a super powerful Poke Club. That it would only attract more challengers to you. All right, so this is, this is what we need. Uh, if you follow us on any social media, give us the answer to this question. Like, type it all out, get it all ready to go, and then delete it before you send it to us because we don't really care. <laughs> That's not true. Do you really care? <laughs> I do. I want to know. Okay. I you just want to know more people buying Nintendo stuff. I want to know who our, our Pokediskers are. Is that a thing? I hope not, there's, but probably. Yeah, it totally is. Totally is. Well, you know what? For every uh, person who likes to drink beer on the course, there's probably someone who likes to Pokemon on the course. And probably a good number of the time, it's a similar person. It's pretty amazing that this conversation started about the Silver Cup, sponsored by Legacy Discs, which occurred in Wisconsin over <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> Where we were reviewing tournament action and somehow digressed on do Pokemon for, for ten minutes. But I, I, like I said, I would dare anyone to find me a podcast from this week that wasn't about knitting, that didn't cover Pokemon. I mean, it's bro, been... knitting is super hip. I bet there's more talking about Pokemon on a knitting podcast than uh, whatever ours is. I I don't even know what to say to you right now. Uh... All I can say is I think your picks for next weekend, are, next weekend's tournament, are going to be really good. Uh, they're going to be amazing. Based on this. I'm going to tell you right now, Paul McBeth is not going to be on my list. <laughs> and not because so I don't speaking, think he could win, but he's Speaking of that, injured. Paul McBeth, who was originally slated to play in the uh, Legacy Disc Silver Cup, uh, backed out of that tournament uh, in, the, in the week prior, which we did not know about. And if we'd done some research a little bit further before we did our podcast, probably could have figured it out, maybe. Uh, Listen, we are fathers with children who have moments away to do this podcast. And we research a lot for the little bit that we do. I don't got, I don't got time to find out if Paul's like hanging out with his lady like on a lake somewhere. <clears throat> I found out the next birthday. day. And then you told me. So, so like, you did the double it research. Was after, still, right after we recorded our episode, I saw a post that said that he was not going to be playing. And I was super bummed. Because both Joe and I picked 
Paul Macbeth to win this tournament. No, I didn't. Uh, you can listen back. I definitely didn't. You did. Please don't listen back. Um, <laughs> I definitely said where you so were. So if you want to listen place. to episode 21 and find out what Joe picked, we both picked Paul Macbeth to win. And it turned out that he did not play. But at the same time, we both picked Ricky Wysocki to play second. Right. And so, you know. Uh, so, silver lining. By subtraction, we win. Is that what happened? I don't know. Just go with it. We picked well. We did. You know, it, it wasn't bad at all. So And who did you pick third? You actually you you nailed that one too. I did. I picked Nate Doss. I oh I don't remember who I picked. Sexton maybe? I don't know. <laughs> but the the Silver Cup in Wisconsin, which was over the course of multiple uh, multiple courses in that area which was a really great tournament, and I actually watched the live coverage by uh, Smashbox that came out. They had commentary. There was a couple of rounds that were uh, Paul Uliberry was on there, and uh, along with Terry Miller, the disc golf guy, who is the... And there was like one day where he was like late to get there for the start of the round, and then Terry Miller was like, Uliberry made it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Two weeks in a row. <laughs> Do that Ring joke. that bell. Ding, 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 ding. Twice in a row, eh? But... It was uh, a lot of fun. There is tournament coverage of this up on Prodigy Disc, number one. And then there's also Smashbox's live coverage, which has been partially edited and put up there for you as well to get commentary. The Prodigy videos do not have commentary, which is uh, very common of those Prodigy of, videos. Of, of Marty McFly. McFly yep. So High, yep. which is now I wish all Prodigy. Marty is a great filmer. Marty McFly... Uh, who of McFly So High uh, video. Who's now, it's all Prodigy. He just which is all Prodigy. Prodigy. Does not, has in the past been not a fan of commentary and has obviously brought that with him to Prodigy. I would implore Prodigy to find someone to commentate on those videos. I bet he could videos. do fine. Look at Jomez. Remember, Jomez never I did know. And then he did, the last one Jomez did, he talked and you he know, did a great job. So, because the video coverage is great, but you need someone on there to explain the context and what is going on. It makes the video so much better. Hey, by the way, we're, we're available. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, do, we'll do it. It was great to watch. I did watch the Prodigy coverage of it, and it was nice. The By the time the, the final round coverage was on, Ricky Wysocki had a pretty sizable lead going into that final round. He was, I think it was a four or, I think six stroke lead. Robin, I have Actually, a confession. I have a confession. Are you uh, going to tell me that you did not watch any disc golf this weekend? I watched some disc golf. I did not watch live coverage of disc uh. golf, though. Um, I guess I just wasn't paying attention. But I feel like in the past when there's been live coverage, there's been a little bit more hoopla. Maybe a little more like Twittering and Instagramming about it happening. And maybe I just wasn't paying attention, but... I honestly didn't realize there was live coverage until you tweeted it out on our account that you were watching it. Oh. And I was like, who? <laughs> well, I can't do that right now, but I should have. Well, there was live coverage. They, they had a little bit of trouble early on in the week. I think on Thursday and Friday, uh, Smashbox had some connection issues, trouble. Uh, and they went to kind of like a remote setup where they were commentating from a uh, restaurant or hotel and uh, getting video coverage from the site, which actually worked out well. I think a couple of times, Terry Miller had like three and then and then even, I think, four total people commenting at the same time, which I think was a little much. 
Uh, I think having one pro with Terry is perfect. Well, it's fine, but they did it like the improv style where like they went down the line. You can only say one word at a time. They it just became they, like a weird improv game. They definitely and, like, didn't do that. Uh, four of them said like in a row. So it was like, that and wasn't like, 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 like. That it, was, was, it was just weird. You obviously, no. no. I didn't watch it, all right? I'll be honest. No, no, no. But happened. I also will be honest that I would love to see the video of them, hopefully. Like, in my you mind. You can. They, it's up there on Smashbox TV. You can watch the, exactly what happened over again. And it, it was no, actually. No, no, no. I mean, um, the, the commentators. Yeah. I want to see video of them. Like, I imagine that they're at a restaurant. Yeah, pretty um, much. I mean, you can see people in the background. I and mean, they're, like, eating cheeseburgers. Yeah, that, you can see people oh, in no. the background eating cheeseburgers. And, like, just, like, knocking down beers. Uh, I mean, there's probably a little bit of that. That sounds amazing. Like, can we just do that? Yeah, sounds great. I mean, it it, it looked great. Uh, <laughs> can we be, like, the, the, the live very... commentators that you just, you know... By, if, if it goes to, like, a playoff over one hole, like, you're just not going to know what we're saying. <laughs> like, we just knocked down too many beers through the 18 holes, <laughs> and by the time it's, like, a playoff, we're just like, hey, it's, oh, that's not a good throw. On a, couple of, a, oh, on a couple of occasions when I was watching, Terry Miller called for the audience to bring him a beer, and I did not see a beer land in front of him. So, party foul. That is disrespectful. Terry, I would bring you a beer. We totally would. If I was there, I would, but... Also, I'll be honest, I'd probably bring you, like, four and, like, make you drink one with me, and they'd all be, like, dirty yeah. alcohol. Yeah. But it's cool. But it was a, it was a terrific tournament, and the, the video coverage I saw was, was great. I enjoyed the live coverage. I didn't see – I don't think – I think most of the disc golf world was like you, did not turn, tune in live. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So – I think I was in the minority. I think when I was watching on the various times, I saw anywhere from 300 to 1,000 people tuned in, which is, it sounds like a lot, but when you when you think that a lot of these disc golf videos get 15,000 or 20,000 or 40,000 views, it's not really a high total for a live broadcast. Oh, you know so, what? I know I didn't watch a whole bunch. My wife totally let me nap like... So many hours this weekend. <laughs> what? It was amazing. What are you talking about it never never happens. I like was on the couch and I closed my eyes. I don't even know what a nap and, like, is. And like three hours went by and I didn't get in trouble. My son didn't like you're come and tr- punch me in the face. You're in trouble now. No, I'm not. Kids. It was amazing. Oh, I just like I I'm remembering right now and I like just feel better about my life. I'm pretty sure the last three hour nap I had was fourth of july so shut up (laughs) a long time ago whatever we all heard about your fourth of july nap but in any case the uh silver cup sponsored by legacy discs was one spoiler alert by ricky wysocki second place was nate doss and in third place we had alan hermosillo and james conrad coming in in fourth matt dollar in fifth tied with nicolo castro alex geisinger Michael Johansson, all tied for fifth place at 32 under. And Devin Owens, who was my, my sleeper play, coming in technically in ninth place at 29 under. But, uh, so... I mean, it worked well. I mean, my sleeper pick, uh, Alan Hermosillo, like, no, you know, he, he came through. He did not. He came through. So, like, mine worked out perfectly. I, I nailed know. that pretty much. I don't even know who yours was. But I'm not going to say, him. but I don't see his name there, so it's fine. <laughs> But we also did a good job not picking Bradley Williams. Yeah. 
He still did great. And that's what I said about him. He's still top 10. Mm-hmm. And I told you he's going to be a top 10 player and he's going to win more. But this just wasn't his week. Yeah. And we we glossed over it last week, and I can't believe, but he is now an Innova-sponsored player. I thought he was the whole time. No, no, he was not. He's now officially Innova-sponsored. At the end of the last tournament, um, it, it became official. Well, so, so he's, he's fully Innova. So he let's was throwing an Innova bag. So let's let's let's. I want. Uh, we'll we'll do some more research because it's my fault for not paying attention. Just like Discraft, like there's different levels. Like I bet he was like a level up. No. Well, I mean, because now he might be sponsored by Innova Champion Discs and not like Innova. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know what you're I'm going to stop talking. Uh, but no, hey, he, just, he did not have a have a full sponsorship. Forget I said things. With, with the end of a disc. And, and now he does, which was announced after his his last win, his second tournament win in a row. And this snaps his streak. So Yeah, he was like, I got my money. <laughs> yeah, he, wow. he got it. He got his big fat check from Innova, and now he's he's sitting pretty. Well, because everyone and, knows one check from Innova, and you're rich for life. So it was. Uh, there's a lot of great tournament footage of this tournament up already, uh, both on the Prodigy Disc Channel, Smashbox TV has a ton of it up there, and the Disc Golf Guy, uh, which you know, Smashbox Disc Golf Guy, one and the same. But both channels have some great video up, so make sure to check that out. The other tournament that happened over the weekend that we really is kind of close to heart for us because we played mul- a lot of these courses, and uh, and also one of our, our kind of uh, local guys who's become a a, a you know high level A tier pro. It was playing in it as well. So the King of the Lake, which was in Tahoe, California, which features. Five beautiful, I mean, just breathtakingly beautiful oh, yeah. courses. Oh, yeah. You if, like trees? Got them. <laughs> you, you like water? Got them. You like elevation? It's there. Got, got it. You like open plains with wide open shots. Up it. They just have everything. You like crisp, clean <clears throat> air? Got it. Yep. So, really beautiful. There's some great uh, recap videos that are up on Central Coast Disc Golf's mm-hmm. channel. Uh, that were put up. T- Corey from Central Coast Disc Golf went up there and did kind of tournament recaps. So he did some filming of the lead cards every single day and put up recaps of that. Corey, who we actually saw. Yeah, you might also know him as Money Manzel. <laughs> you might also know him as Money Manzel. We saw him at our, our one of our local courses here in California the other day and said hello. Yeah, and Very Ron, nice Ron, guy. Ron was like, hey, you're that, uh, you're that Manzel guy from uh, Central Coast Disc Golf. He's like, uh, Chancellor's Chumps. It was a pretty cool interaction. I think he just put his hands up and made the money symbol. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And then... And then he signed uh, Robin's left breast. And then signed my left breast, did a line of cocaine off my butt, <laughs> and... He said, I'm going to sober up tomorrow. <laughs> he, did, he did none of those things. Actually, he was off. playing with a large group and let us play through. Like, yeah, it was pretty Like awesome. the gentleman that he is. No, it was, so. it was, it was very unchumply of him. <laughs> so, uh, not so chumpy... Corey from from Central Coast Disc Golf went up there, did some filming. We actually had this tournament go the distance and end up in a playoff between James Proctor, our playoff, lo- our local. That was such a good. <laughs> our local pro James Proctor, who is a uh, a great player that's out of out of Northern California, Rohnert Park, California, and uh, went to a playoff with him and Alex Russell. Peter McBride came in third place. 
and Jerry Eshelman came in fourth place in a tie with Jeff Fays and Chris Adiago. And uh, Bobby Music. Good old Bobby. Came in in, uh, in seventh place. So, a great tournament. This is really a grueling tournament. It's five rounds on five different courses that are everything from, you know, major elevation changes, big-time distance. I mean, there are 1,000-foot par fives. There are, you know, 700-foot par fours. There are holes where you're going up 150 feet in elevation. And, Grant, like, some of these, like, 700, some of these dirty things, tons of trees. Tons like, of trees. Like, it's not an open yeah. 700. It's... Yeah. It's you got to guide your way through tons of trees, nice redwoods, and get it where you want it to go. My absolute favorite course in the area, which is actually in Nevada, not in California, is Zephyr Cove. And Zephyr Cove, the front nine starts out kind of flat and then goes straight uphill. For the the first three holes, you're you're doing okay. You go uphill a little bit, and then all of a sudden, holes like like four through nine, you just go straight uphill, and then all of a sudden, you go straight downhill. And it is the most beautiful course. It looks over the uh, the beautiful Lake Tahoe the whole time, and it's a must play. If you're coming through into the West Coast, you have to play this course. I've, I've, Go out of your way to play Zephyr Cove. I've, not, I've never played Zephyr Cove. You have to play Zephyr Cove. Robin, when are we going to be able to play Zephyr Cove? I don't know, but we should do it. Robin, can your son be two years older? <laughs> in two years, he'll be two years older. So in like two years... <laughs> Maybe we'll play Zephyr Cove. We, we, we could probably make it happen sometime soon. Woo! I'm in. No, I'm excited. We've I've, also I've played, seen lots of pictures. There's I've also stories. Truckee River, which is one of the more common ones, which is probably the easiest. I played that one. Actually, the easiest course of this bunch. Um, and then there's Sierra College and Bijou. These are all beautiful, beautiful courses. It, it's really pretty amazing. You need to check out these videos if you haven't seen them. I've played Truckee twice. So there's Central Coast Disc Golf, and I also, I haven't seen anything yet, but I assume Pure Heiser Productions was I'm there sure. as well. I'm sure. Uh, so I think we'll be seeing some video from them coming up soon about the whole thing and where uh, Central Coast Disc Golf did kind of recap of each round. I think we'll see full round coverage oh, I'm sure. from Pure Heiser Productions, which should drop, you know, fairly soon. So. King yeah. of the Lake, great tournament. Had a had a blast You'll watching that. You'll see some that. awesome courses and just really terrific views. It, it's really stunning. Beautiful area. Tahoe in the summer is gorgeous, and um, you know if you ever make it out to California, Nevada, you need to get out and check out some of those courses because they are unique and must plays. So that's our our tournament coverage from this last weekend. We also have upcoming tournaments that are that are on their way here <clears throat> excuse me sorry what the estonian open so the 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 biggest tournament here that that's coming up is the estonian open which is the euro tour number five and i have no idea what one through four were but euro tour number five which is in estonia i'm gonna go with lasat probably one of all <laughs> maybe Maybe he might have missed one of them, but th- we do have some Americans that are out there, and along with the the usual suspects from the the European um, <clears throat> European Pro Tour. But Ricky Wysocki is going to be be out there. Will Schusterick, Jeremy Colling, Paul Uliberry, and then uh, Zach Melton, Avery Jenkins will be out there as well. And then from the the European pool, we have Sepul Paju, uh, Pasikovu, and uh, 
I don't see is I don't see KJ. That maybe that's a mistake. I like that, to... No, I feel like all the Innova dudes or something <clears throat> are kicking it somewhere because Macbeth isn't playing, Sexton isn't playing, yeah, KJ's not playing. Well, there is the Disc Golf World Tour event, which is the week after this. They're probably just doing like workshop so, stuff. And, like, it, it, doing maybe there's a chance. There's... Although Avery Jenkins is in it, which it's like that's, yeah. that defies He's all. He's Mister Disc Golf World Tour. Are there, um, and I'm sorry to do this like live on the podcast, can you search just by country? I love when there's I, like... I can search by, yeah, I can. I Like sometimes there's like a random guy from the U.S. that no one has ever heard of that's like, I'm on vacation so and the, I want to throw discs. No, 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 the only U.S. players are Avery, Coling, Melton, Shoestrick, Uliberry, and Wysocki. Okay, that's awesome. I'm going to be that guy someday is all I'm going to say. Yeah. Someday I'm just going to pay the money to call myself pro and like play in enough tournaments... And somehow cheat my way into being uh, considered a pro. <laughs> and then be like, hey, babe. And talk, talk to my wife and be like, I got to go to uh, Czechoslovakia. Well, let's, so I got to go to Czech well, Republic on. to play the tournament. I'm going to sort this by rating. Because rating is a good way to tell uh, by... No, totally. You know, but what I'm saying, the... if, you, if you look by rating, like I'm going to be the guy that's going to be at the bottom of the barrel, but I'll be representing the U.S. and well, coming in last. So, here you go. You got 1047, which is Ricky Wysocki, who is the second highest rated player in the world behind Paul McBeth. And then the bottom of this open pool is 791 and then unrated. So, technically... So I could go play unrated. I, well... 791 is uh is advanced to to intermediate level that's in that range in in the united states 791 is not a very high rating so i've had like at I, least one round that's 791 oh, plus. oh you've you you've had 900 rated rounds Woo. i can i can i've played with you where you've had a 900 rated round all right, so I'm a pro, basically, is what Robin's saying. No. So I will represent the U.S. in a European tour <laughs> in some coming years. Uh, go us. Pro in the United States, you need to consistently play above 960. Uh, okay, someone listening in Europe. <laughs> can you get me citizenship? <laughs> I'll represent your country. I mean, not well, let me be honest. Um, but I want to play like in a cool tournament overseas. It it sounds like fun. Looks like fun. So are we gonna do picks for this, or are we gonna retire our picks for this week because we've been such a bloodbath of of remember, disc but golf. Remember picking. the weeks where we did like really well. I, I don't like so take Macbeth out. You did amazing. You nailed uh, two and three slash no Macbeth one and two. That's true. That's true. But we listen, it, when we recorded last week, Paul McBeth's name came up. We thought he was playing. We're not his besties. We didn't know he wasn't going to play. We didn't know it was his birthday, and it was lady time. Fair enough. I'm sorry. Of course we're going to pick. I will go first. First play, Ricky Wysocki. You can go I Don't whatever. we normally start at third place? <sighs> you know what? The last time I, we did this, actually, I did this exactly same thing where I was like, Listen, we know Ricky Wysocki is going to win. Let's tie And Bradley Williams won. So, all right, let's start at <laughs> third. True. Let's start at third. <laughs> Even though we now know that Joe's going to pick Ricky Wysocki to win. Third place, I'll take Ricky. There's no other Ricky. Okay, never mind. There's definitely no other Ricky. Um, third place. I don't even have to look at the player field to know that there's no other Ricky. Third place, I'm going to take Seppo Paju. Poju. Paju. Okay. okay. That's where I'm going third. 
I think we should at least all take one European player. You have to. In this Euro Tour. So I'll take Timo Nissanen. Good. I mean, they're both solid. Yeah. Solid, solid. Second place, I will take... Uh, ooh. I will go... You know what? Who, you know what's due? You know what's due? Jeremy Colling. Jeremy Colling. You know, I've been waiting for Jeremy Colling to catch fire this entire year. I picked him multiple times and have yet to see any results. So... He's on my S list currently. I cannot, I cannot hang with with Jeremy Cole. Well, I know where you're gonna go. So I'm gonna Eula Bank Paul Eulaberry for second ooh, place. Wow! I I didn't know where you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go Shoestrick. <laughs> no, but like Shoestrick is kind of in Shoestrick's that ultimate another poop player pile. Who's like, has, we've been like, well, listen, he's you know, aside he's from winning win. some local tournaments in Tennessee. I feel like Schuster has been very underwhelming, and I. But I feel like the last ready. time where it was like a local tournament too, and we were both like, "Listen, he's the main pro that he's gonna win. He didn't win. No, no, he did. He did. Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Uh, All right, fair enough. But yes, yeah, Schuster in the national tour events has been a bit underwhelming. Okay, so I've got Seppo. You've got Timu. I've got Coling. You've got Yulaberry. Yulaberry. I'm gonna go with Will. No, I'm gonna go with Ricky Wysocki. <laughs> As am I. I think it's pretty obvious. Ricky Wysocki is well, uh, yeah. the superior player in the. I field. can say Ricky. Richard. Oh, yeah, he's still Richard. For <laughs> Richard Wysocki is uh, the superior player in this field. In in our opinion, he's so. the superior player in the sport. It's. It, it, it's Ricky Wysocki and Paul McBeth and everyone else, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Love you, Bradley Williams. So, there are a lot of great players out there, and you know, golf is a sport where little uh, little changes, little lies, little uh, bad breaks can cost you strokes and cost you a tournament. But overall, these two guys, Paul McBeth and Ricky Wysocki, are playing better than anyone else, head and shoulders yep. better yep. than anyone else. And uh, it's it's hard to bet against them in any any given thing. So that's uh, the our our tournament coverage, the upcoming tournaments that that are there. We got the Estonian Open, which is happening this next weekend in the next couple days. Actually, by the time you guys hear this podcast, it will have already It'll be started for sure. So uh, and and likely rounds happening in the middle of the night for us. And likely one of the people we picked dropped out of the tournament <laughs> without us knowing. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But we want to take time to talk about uh, playing at elevation. Because we just talked about playing in Lake Tahoe, and all of these courses are above 4,000 feet, which is a major difference for throwing a disc. And before we get a disc, I want to say one thing you never think about. When you're at elevation, you can't breathe as well. <laughs> the air is thinner. The air is thinner, and when you are, um, you know, like specimens like Robin and I like pretty much like the ideal male it's still tough on us <laughs> what I don't even listen these courses are elevation the air is already thinner and like they're all pretty much a hike so you need to think about that before you even get out there and get your disc that you're gonna you're gonna have yourself a, a nice hike and it's gonna tire you out the, the King of the Lake tournament that we talked about, which is five rounds, mega hikes. I mean, I think part of winning this tournament is fitness level just to begin with. You're not going to 
to make it all the way through it if you're in bad shape. There's I, just I think too I played much up and down. Three rounds in a weekend. That's like my record, probably. Like, uh, oh no, you played one Friday, Saturday. Oh, that's not true. Yeah, we've done a lot of like double round stuff. But yeah. I guess the close thing I've done is we did our local Crane Creek, we did Dela, and then we did Stafford Lake. Okay. Which was like an epic, like by halfway through Stafford Lake, I was gassed. Yeah. I think um, we were all gassed. You had an ace run that I think like livened everyone up. Yeah. And, and uh, pushed us through to have a good rest of our round. But think, that about, think about those five rounds at that elevation. Ugh. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a gruel for sure on those. So Joe's point about thinner air at elevation is actually true. That is science. Air, air is thinner as you go up in elevation, and that affects the disc that you throw as well. So one of the major things that you will notice when you go up in elevation is that your discs will act more stable. Mm -hmm. So, And what it is is that the lower density of the air that they're passing through, the disc itself as it's passing through, makes the disc seem as though it's flying slower which makes it act more stable right because that's a that's a thing so um as you all know uh so here here's a good term I, we've gotten a lot of comments about like explaining terms more so have you ever heard someone say sawing it off right so that's where you're throwing and you underpower a throw so, or release early or release early which in turn is an underpowered throw mm -hmm. right so you're not putting all your strength into it and what that does, right, so the numbers, the flight numbers for a disc are based on the disc flying at number one, the speed. So the first number is the speed. So in order to get that flight characteristics, like all the other three, is based first on hitting that speed. Mm -hmm. So if, if now if you're sawing something off or you're releasing early, you're already taking away the chance to get it to said speed to do what it's supposed to do. And any disc, anything, you know, throwing right hand, backhand, when it slows down, it's going to dump left. You know, putter, mid-range, <clears throat> fairway, high-speed driver is going to dump left when you don't have the power on it. And that's when you're out on the course and you see, like, a brand new player with a champion boss and then being upset that it goes 25 feet to the left. So, basically, the arm speed you have doesn't match up when you're at elevation because everything's going to come out slower because of the density of the air, if I've got it, that's, this correct. That's exactly right. So uh, the, the air density. So a disc is a flight plate when, when you're throwing a disc. So uh, when it's moving through the air as you throw the disc out um, and spinning, release your hands with spin, when the air is less dense, the, the air that's moving across, there's literally less air moving across the plate of the disc, which simulates a slower flight. Mm. The disc itself may not actually be flying slower, but it simulates it. So when you go up an elevation, you need to club down or go to more understable discs. Right. So what often happens is the discs at sea level that you play with that are your understable go-to discs, maybe even your roller disc that you use, are most likely going to be your go-to discs at elevation. 
Right. So, so like your most understable driver. For me, I would throw out half of my bag. Probably for Joe, yes. You would have to get rid of them. Because what will happen is the disc that normally would get a little bit of turn for you at sea level will not turn at all and mm-hmm. will hook up to the left and, uh, for a right-handed backhand player. And if you're left-handed, you know, you won't get any turn to the left um, on, on those sorts of throws. You just won't get a lot of turn unless you go to, one, a, a more understable disc, a lighter disc, or a lower speed disc that can compensate for right. the the difference in air density. So when I go and play an elevation, and I've done it multiple times now, for me, a lot of times what happens is I, I bag a lot of eagles. Right. And I have them at, at multiple stability levels. So when I go up in elevation, a lot of times those more understable eagles are my go-to drivers mm-hmm. because I know what they'll do. And when I grab the understable one, I can still get, you know, what would well, be... Well, your roller does too, right? Your beast and is my like beast one of your also, I have Also, I have a very beat-in champion beast that I keep for rollers and, and big sky ante shots that it when I go to elevation is actually kind of a go-to driver, um, a, a go-to distance driver. So I, have a, so I have a really random question because I feel like you're like uh, air density scientist and you're going to answer this. So I think it still has to do with the elevation. It's a little bit different. The big distance stuff that they do in the desert, right? So usually mm-hmm. like deserts, like Death Valley and stuff is below sea level. Yeah, or at sea level. Or at sea level. Mm-hmm. So is that... You know, aside from the big winds, like, is that taken into factor? Because I think I read lots of articles about wind and what it does the disc, but there was never anything about air density. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's got to be a piece of it too, right? Because it's speeding up those discs. Or, it, it could be. Or at that level, it's it's really kind of the The major dominant. factor in, in those throws totally. is, is the, the wind. wind. For sure. Yeah. I'm just um, thinking, like, that's a, that's a factor that maybe... Everyone overlooked. So when when you have a a forty to fifty mile an hour tailwind, it uh, I I honestly don't think it matters. It matters. That's true. I, you know, that is, right? Because the air speed right. That is that makes such the, the speed, an intense that makes total force. Sense. Makes total. I sense. mean, a a forty to fifty mile an tail tailwind does a stability equivalent to a disc right, of right. being at like throwing off. But the that's top. basically why I bomb at Golden Gate. <laughs> Because we're like right at sea level. No, Golden Gate is actually I think about 150 feet, maybe 100 feet above sea level. Right, but 100 versus 4,000 is yeah, but real different. We like we're actually very similar. Golden Gate and and we're in Northern California, and Golden Gate is in San Francisco, and uh, I think we are very similar uh, sea level wise. <laughs> I feel like when we threw this today, we must have been like below sea level because <laughs> yeah. those were they were flying. So that that's my concept on on elevation. You definitely need to bring a different bag uh, when you yes. when you go up and totally. play an elevation. And I think we've talked about it before. And if we haven't, mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Um, pretty much whenever we go to a course that's not a local course, we change up our bags. Um, we're kind of nerdy to the point too. Like it's almost like uh, like middle school girl gossip where we're like, hey, what? What are you bagging this weekend? Like, what are you going to... What's in your bag? It's true. I, I made a weird uh, gesture. Oh, but my it's, God. But it's true. Every time we go somewhere, and maybe it's me direct, like, Joe, starting you, it up. Who'd you bag this weekend? Uh, I mean, what did you bag? Oh. Oh, I put the Beat Eagle in, you know. Yeah. But it's totally, like, it's something I geek on. Like, I, I totally geek out yeah. on, like, 
Ooh, what are you gonna bring? Like, what do you, what do you, what are you taking out of your bag? What do you put it in your bag? Because yeah. it's gonna be totally Absolutely. different. Absolutely, especially know, when you if go you're to going to a really windy course, or you're going to elevation, um, or you're going mm-hmm. somewhere with lots of trees. You gotta change up the bag. And um, for me, when when I go to elevation, I cycle in the more understable versions of my favorite discs. So it, it I, I do a. I think I do a pretty good job of layering my bag, layering be, meaning that I have a lot of the same molds at different levels of wear that give different flight patterns. And what I do is I bring in the ones that are more understable uh, for these elevation situations. And it 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 works. It, really, it is amazing. A disc that, that could be a turnover roller when you get up at four or 5,000 feet will flip to flat and fly straight and land straight. and Right, uh, and then I take all his rejects that he just took out of his bag. <laughs> and I said, let me take those ones. So <laughs> Let me throw out half of my bag because so they're all 14 speed. If you're looking to play at elevation, make sure that you're bagging some understable plastic because when you get up there and throw your favorite driver that might be a little overstable, you're going to be surprised as to how quickly it fades and you will not get the distance you're used to. And here's the opposite. If you live like in a Colorado, yep. if you live in Tahoe, if you live in one of those areas and you're coming down to a tournament, if you're coming down to a lower elevation, your discs are going to be understable. Yeah. Like if you have that disc that you're like, oh, I flipped a flat and it glides forever and hooks up. It's amazing. You're going to come down an elevation and it's going to be a cut roller. Yep. So you, the exact opposite. If you're used to playing at elevation and you can see it like an Eagle McMahon is a is a guy who played at like crazy elevation and could bomb, and I think that's like, uh, you know, like back in the day when there was the Olympics in Mexico City, right? So Mexico mm-hmm. City's at elevation. Yeah. A lot of the people who were used to elevation like dominated the Olympics because they were used to this this crazy elevation, and, the, and a lot of people went early and trained. And they had to. And they had yeah. to, and they performed better. So it's the same thing. It's like if you're training in elevation and you're bombing stuff. You're gonna you're gonna get down and be able to really turn over and crank on things. So you're gonna have to get some discs. That Maybe even just buy a new version of your favorite. Disc. Totally, especially <laughs> especially if, if you throw. Um, and we'll get more into this. And we haven't thrown every plastic, and I'll be honest. But through what we've thrown, we've thrown a good amount of different plastics at different brands. Innova, by far, like head and shoulders above in my mind. And and tell me if if you think I'm wrong, Robin is way more stable out of the box than any other brand. So I think what what Discmania and Innova, which obviously are produced in the same same factories, their flight numbers are based on the disc being worn to a certain point. So when out of the box, I don't think a lot of discs that come from Innova match their flight numbers. I think they are often more stable and represent mm-hmm. the the eventual flight pattern of the disc once it is worn in a little bit. Right. And you so, can go the, the opposite too. Like, you know, a lot of the discs that we throw that are in a plastic will probably be on that state of wear, especially when we're talking like bosses and things like that that are probably above our, our arm speeds. You know, I'm probably – my bosses that I can bomb are probably worn more understable than – the quote-unquote 13-speed ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's that's totally true. I think, like I said, 
And you'll hear in our other deer reviews, like we'll tell you out of the box it flies like X or Y. Exactly. Um, Very common thing. And a lot of them actually do throw out of the box what their numbers are. And like I said, the numbers we represent or we know well are like the Innovadiscmania numbers. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, Innovadiscmania numbers are not true to those numbers out of the box. Yeah. Typically. Unless it's DX, I guess. Yeah. And maybe. And also, you're right. Plastic does does make a, a big difference into it but it, you know flight numbers for every different Although company are all different and, and right. we'll we will get into flight numbers on another podcast but we i don't think yeah. we have time no nor we, the knowledge i mean we could probably botch it pretty good we right probably bo- i mean we talk about but also <laughs> uh we have this cool tendency to talk a lot uh which is what we do which is fun, but we go really long, and now is not the time to add in another piece like that. Well, we will in the future cover yes. flight numbers because it's it's very interesting. There are many many disc companies and more popping up all the time, mm-hmm. and they all use flight numbers, which are the the rating system by which you know we determine how a disc will fly, and and in in Discmania's case or or Innova's case. Or pretty much everyone or except other for ones, craft. you know, you've got the, the speed of the disc, the glide of the disc, the turn of the disc, and the fade of the disc, and all of these are major factors in how the disc will fly. And and when you're looking at it, whether it's something that'll work for you, and it's a it's a big deal. So it, at some point we will cover that. But now that I've talked about disc mania a, a couple of times now, the reason why I'm saying this because I'm holding. A Discmania disc that we are going to review. A Discmania disc that came out this year. A highly touted disc. Which is the DDX. I'm holding a, a very beautiful Swirline DDX. Which I got a, I think about two months ago. And mm-hmm. have been kind of throwing it. Hasn't really made it into my bag very often. But I, I do throw it. And, and do like it. But this is a 12 speed 6 glide turn of minus one and then a fade of two distance driver from Discmania Discs. And we have paired it with Mach 10 from Bear Republic Brewing. Our sponsor, is, Mach 10. Whether they give us this beer free or not, once a sponsor, always a sponsor. Yeah, so Bear Republic, who has been an awesome sponsor of our podcast, uh, this is a seasonal release by them, a double IPA, a 9.2% double IPA. And we went Mach 10. One, we really wanted to review this DDX because it's a very significant release in the disc golf world in terms of the disc. But also, Mach 10, X, Roman numeral 10. Yep. So DDX. Well, plus it's a super fast disc. Yeah. Mach 10 is a super fast speed. It all worked. And, and so it we're going works. we're going Mach 10 and DDX is our deer review, our disc and beer pairing for those of you who have not tuned in before. We choose a disc, we choose a beer, we review them both and tell you whether it's going to work for you on the course. And, and today, once again, if you send us one in any of our social medias and we use it, we will send you the disc for free. So hey, if there's a disc you want to try really bad or you want another one of, find a really good beer suggest it but i'll tell you this right now and this way we run into all the time we get these really good pairings we're in northern california we've got a limited way to get beers if if you really want to make it happen send us the beer <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be honest i mean 
we we can't get everything. We don't have you know we don't have a distribution deal. We kind of have to roll with what we have around us, and we've got a good amount of beers that come through here. But if they don't, if if that company doesn't have a good distribution beer, our distribution chain, or we're we're not gonna be able to get it. And unlike disc golf websites like InfiniteDiscs.com, who has sponsored our deer reviews, and you can use a promo code on InfiniteDiscs.com, the DG Podcast. And remember, like when you go discount. to check out, there's like you have to like drop down a menu <laughs> to be able to put in a code. It's kind of it's kind of wonky, but it works. So, but there's no infinitebeers.com where I can just order every beer I can think of. All um, right, sorry guys, announcement. We're gonna quit the podcast. <laughs> We're done now. We're gonna start infinitebeers.com. Okay, trademark, trademark, trade, tra- trademark. <laughs> I think right if we release this and we say trademark, uh, I think it's uh, we need to say it two more times. And it's set in stone. I don't even have to Google it. Trademark, I'm, trademark. I'm 100% certain that InfiniteBeers.com is owned by someone. 100% certain. Well, we called trademark, so you have to give it these now. So <laughs> it's cool. Don't worry about it. All right. Give backs. So we have the DDX S-Line plastic, which is a, uh, a premium plastic from Discmania Discs. This is, it's like really similar to Star for some reason. <laughs> it is. It's very similar to End of a Star plastic. It is um, what a what they would call in their premium plastic line, Star is. And this is kind of like a swirly type plastic. So it's blue, but there's kind of like cloudy white patterns into it. It's a very beautiful disc. Totally. Um, and the, the rumor is that this disc being... Discmania and Innova obviously have a very close relationship in their manufacturing pattern. Um, all of their discs are actually manufactured by Innova. So, supposedly, the DDX Thank is... Thank you for saying that the right way, by the way. Oh, okay. Do you ever tell here, supposedly? S- supposedly? There's a D in... Space. I know there is. That's yeah. what I'm saying. I hear supposedly no. a lot, and it hurts my heart. I'm sorry. I'm gotcha. sorry to... But I digress. Go ahead. <laughs> so supposedly this disc is a combination of the very popular distance driver, the bottom of the Innova Turn, which is a minus four uh, distance driver, which is a great disc speed also, I believe. in its in its own like, and the top of the PD series. So. It kind of giving you the the glide and the uh, the understability of the turn, slight. No, I mean not the minus four, but yeah. Well, sorry. Yeah, I would say the glide and the fade of the turn, right. and, and the understability of a slightly more understable PD on on this disc. So what you get is a max distance driver for a lot of people, and the glide gives you the ability to throw this disc very far with not a lot of effort. Uh, it, it's very actually impressive. I agree. Very impressive how easy it is to to get this disc out to, to most likely your max distance. So I'm going to turn this over to Joe to talk about the DDX because Listen, I, I bought I, this disc originally and I knew I would like it, but... I didn't know if Joe would like it because Joe is a overstable disc fan. I totally am, and this is not an overstable disc. No, and I'm gonna be. I'll, I'm gonna start. I'm just. I'm just gonna say it right off the bat. Um, 
pretty much every 12 speed or higher disc that I own, which uh, if you listen to the in, in the bag, is pretty much half of the discs that I carry are high fade discs. You know, four, five fade. Every single one. Um, I, this is what I've been missing. I'm, I don't I even know. I, I was going to try and like build up to it. But I, I, I just got to say, this six, first off, the six glide for real, right? And so then you throw in the two fade. And I talk about like my, uh, my T-Birds, that two fade makes it more of a laser beam. You know, you can crank it out and it's going to stay real close in line with that. Hands down right there. I effortlessly threw this thing well over 350 um, right off the bat. It just went straight for days, you know, flipped up a little bit, just went straight, didn't turn over at all, not a lot of glide. The plastic feels amazing. It's a it's a wide enough rim that it feels good in my hand. It, this thing is awesome. And I, and I think, I remember when Robin bought it too, I was like, ah, maybe I'll get one. And then I like pussyfooted around and didn't buy one. I was like, whatever. And I think even like, I think I threw it once when he first got it and wasn't super into it. Went out today, cranked it a ton. This thing's awesome. This thing's awesome. Uh, you know, the 12 speed also deterred me. You know, it wasn't 13 or 14, which is sad, but that's my world. Uh, it, you know, the minus one is real, flipped up flat, but didn't turn over. Just a straight flyer. Didn't fade a ton. Just went, just that, that glide was legit. Awesome disc. Yeah. So it, it is a, a very glidey disc, like Joe said. Joe throws predominantly with a lot of hyzer on his throws. Right. So he it was releasing this disc with a lot of hyzer. It was popping up to flat. And and just staying with that flat, straight line for a very, very long time with minimal fade. If you throw this disc flat with a lot of power, you will get more of an S line with right. it. You mm -hmm. will get the disc to turn over to the right a little bit and then it will kind of come back slightly, not not really hard, it's not gonna crank back, but it will uh, will come back to the right. I think for a lot of people, this disc acts like what you would get out of a very beat-in destroyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, or, the turn is another disc. The end of a turn is another disc that I would compare this to. Even though the turn is significantly more understable, when the turn is new like this DDX is, it has not gotten enough wear, they do have a similar flight path when, when thrown hard and flat. So it, it, I'd say that's another. The other one is that there's the CD2, which is kind right. of... The lower level version, the control driver, disc mania disc, which I think this is kind of an extension of. So the CD2 is something that, that pops in and out of my bag personally, and uh, depending on where I'm going and what I need it for. And it's another kind of disc with a lot of glide and, uh, and a little bit of turn to it, and you can get some good distance, and you can also trust it to not turn over. Um, None of these discs are great headwind discs, I think, unless you're wide open and have, have, true, have true. a lot of I space. Mean, I mean, this one is fresh. I feel like this one, I would feel comfortable throwing. 
purely because I'm so comfortable with the hyzer, I'd probably snap it out at a lot bigger angle than I was throwing today. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like I could snap it pretty well, and it's not going to fully turn over. Yeah. Like, I even threw it, we both threw it on some big, like, Sky Annie lines, um, and I feel like even at the end of those, it still kind of fought out a little bit at the end. Yeah. I mean, it stayed, it stayed pretty clean on it, but it, it fought back just a little bit, which makes me feel kind of better about a headwind. Um, granted, like I said, this is brand new, it's fresh, and we've talked about how we feel about Innova Plastic. You know, in three months, if I throw this thing a lot, I, I don't think I would ever touch a headwind with it yeah um but but i'll tell you right now this is a disc that uh i could see myself <clears throat> carrying and and layering um i could well i don't need to get into it let's talk about the beer first before i give you my kind of final <laughs> piece on it but, fair enough uh, fair enough so the one last kind of kind of um i guess recap of the disc mania ddx We've got an S line one. They also have it in champion plastic. C line, so you mean? You can sorry, C line. <laughs> <laughs> You've got uh, C line and S line DDXs that are out there currently. Right. There may be other runs of them uh, in D line plastic or something. But I, I guarantee a G line is either G, already out or. I, I or bet it's, you or there will be a G line DDX. This guy Dave Dunapace. Maybe that, that maybe it's actually called a DDX. Is a Dave Dunapace X. Um, I, I would actually be interested in a in a G line DDX. I think that'd oh, I be know great. You would. Um, so I'm with Dave Dunapace. I like I like G line and G G Star plastic. G Star, whatever. Um, so I, I I'm totally down for that. But a big time glide. This for most players could be the disc that you get your max distance out of. Um, uh, with with the caveat, like you need you need a twelve speed arm. You, or at least a, a 10 You do. 11. I mean, if, if you don't have the arm speed, it's still going to act like a stable disc. But if you can get this out with a little bit of power, the glide is real. It mm -hmm. will go. So um, great, great disc. And, and it's not often that things live up to the hype. You know, this disc was highly touted. There was a couple of first runs that went out there that sold out, you know, instantly. Um, and then they, they came out with the secondary release, and now it seems to be a disc that's in stock. But uh, this was a touted disc, and I think it really did a great job of living up to the the rep. I mean, it, it, it yeah. did exactly what they said. It was going to be a disc that was meant for max distance, had a little bit of turn, a lot of glide, uh, and very little fade. And you were going to be able to get a lot of, of distance out of this with not huge arm speed so uh, a great extension of in Discmania's line i've said i did my in the bag a couple episodes ago but the fd is something that is a staple of my bag the fairway driver and then if you jump from there you go to the cd2 and then the ddx those three discs are kind of in the same family just jumping up in speed mm -hmm. so if you like the fd uh you'll probably like the cd2 and then, in turn, the DDX is just one more step above. It's, you know, it's like the perfect, like, family tree, too. Like, yeah. just talking about arm speed. If, if you throw an FD and you're digging it and you love it, um, and you're getting to the spot where you're turning them over, and you go a little bit more, get a CD2, right? And then you keep throwing that, and you're getting into it. And I wouldn't even say that you're necessarily turning over the CD2, but maybe you just want a little more distance. You want to get it out there a little bit more. 
that's where the DX comes in. I think so. Um, yeah, I right. mean, we we were throwing both. Uh, we've been throwing both, and I, it totally is. It's 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 like a CD two with more glide. Uh, you need to pump it out. I mean, you need to put the power on mm-hmm. to get it there. But it definitely, it's going to go further, just almost purely on that glide. Yeah. So you tried to segue to the beer like five minutes ago. No, no, we're fine. And I just had to gush about the DDX. We're fine. No, a I wanted to, basically <laughs> I wanted to gush more about the DDX and decided I should hold off for a minute. So we have Bear Republic Mach 10, which is a double IPA, a 9.2 percent alcohol double IPA, uh, which is again we chose Mach 10 because it's high speed, just like the DDX and 10 Roman numeral X. Just like the well, plus I mean, there's other, there's two other huge factors. Uh, one, it's Bear Republic, which we love. Yes. Two, it's a double IPA, which we also love. <laughs> so a, a terrific double IPA, which actually comes in a beautiful kind of, uh, almost I'd say like anime style label. Yes. That they've got on this thing with, uh, with a a fighter jet obviously going Mach ten, because what else would it be doing? Uh, going through, and then this is a very strong double IPA. Obviously, most double IPAs are going to be bitter, and this one is absolutely bitter. Um, but in like the most coolest way. It's the problem with this beer is it's so drinkable, right? For how that's, that's for that's how strong it is. Of the problem, <laughs> which which we've seen almost in every Bear Republic beer we've 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 tasted. They uh, here here's the thing: if you didn't notice through our podcast one thing california does really well um and i'll say california as a whole but i'll I'll say i'll say in general northern california um we do ipas really really well Mm -hmm. um i kind of feel like the godfather of the ipas is lagunitas and and then then it's kind of branched out from there yeah um, and we got this Sierra is, Nevada. We got Bear Republic. Totally, and then, I mean, we got we Stone in Southern California, but still, like the the big boys with like the big IPAs, like Rolling Hard, have been coming out of this area, and Bear Republic with like Racer Five and whatnot has just been nailing it. And if you think we're wrong about that, please, oh my God, please tell us about the beers we need to know about. <laughs> please, please. Oh, I didn't even say Pliny. I didn't even say Pliny. Yeah, but right, another like. Yeah. If there, if you know of a better IPA, then, first off, for, here's the thing. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you haven't had Pliny, you haven't had Racer Five. You've obviously had Lagunitas IPA. Everyone has. You yeah. should. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you haven't had Pliny, Pliny you the had Elder. Pliny the Elder. If you have younger, like you're even cooler. Yeah. If you haven't had Pliny the Elder, you haven't had Racer Five, and I'll go Southern California. If you haven't had like an Enjoy Buy from Stone. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want you to tell me you're better yet. No, I do because it's not their fault if they haven't had those. Okay. Because no, we really do want. I do. Hear. No, I want to hear. I do want. I do want to. I want to hear how great it is. I don't want to hear you telling me that ours is not good. How about that? That's what I. Well, I mean, if they haven't had it, they our listeners are astute and and very very intelligent. I doubt they would ever true that. tell us true that. I mean... Best listeners in the world. I think so. There's no chance that a listener of the Disc Golf Podcast would tell us that a beer is no good without trying it. There's Agreed. none chance. I'm going to say 0% chance. Agreed. All right, so back to this. I mean, these these are like road scholars. Bear Republic knows how to make IPAs. They do. And I feel like if you make a good IPA, 
I don't know if I've ever had a bad double IPA from a company who knows how to make an IPA. I feel like you can just exponentially go better. So this is a, it's sweet, it's a little bit malty, the alcohol does not come through at all. Nope. You got some, you got some brutal bitters at the end, which like, uh, I'm into. Mm -hmm. It's like the, like the, almost like the masochistic, like it's play through the pain and you get the reward. (laughs) It's bitter, but it's kind of like a, like a, like a, almost like, uh, citrus and like pine, like that sort of thing, but it's not overpowering It's kind of like just the reminder that you've had like a really good, a really good, it's like, Hey, uh, you taste that? It's yeah, the, you're nailing it. It's the kind of beer that makes you digress about 15 times on odd topics in a podcast. It's it's that kind of beer. which It's the kind of beer that adds four strokes to the back nine. <laughs> that too. But you don't care about it. That too. That too. But so, you don't care. You're like, ah, Mach 10. If you're, if you're wondering why Joe and I may have uh, jumped off on some odd topics through this podcast, it's because we were re- reviewing 22-ounce bottles of Mach 10. So three hours at a time. I mean, this is a, we, if you didn't know, we record this podcast over seven days. (laughs) I pretty much nailed that math on accident too, by the way. I guess, I guess you pretty close. Sure. I'm off by an ounce. Yeah. Anyways, (laughs) but this is, it's a, a kind of murky golden double IPA color. I, I mean, it's, it, pretty standard you've got that kind of amber color a little bit ahead to it uh it is sweet i think is is the most uh prominent feature to it you know citrusy like we said before uh a little bit of malt the alcohol does not come Mm-mm. through it does and, not and taste like a 9.2 percent alcohol and it, beer. it's that citrusy bitter like if you eat some grapefruit yeah that's like totally mm-hmm. totally what you're getting there so, terrific beer. If you can find it, this is a seasonal beer from Bear Republic, which is out of Northern California. So, if you can find it, it's only out in this period of time, uh, this time of year. So, uh, basically, and I th- think... And this is the last ones at our local store, too, so we might already have missed it. We might be at the very yeah, tail end. I think it's pretty much June to August is the Mach 10 release uh, here in California, so... I'm gonna send an email tomorrow. See if hopefully, we can get some more. hopefully you'll get a chance. We'll we'll email them and see if we can get some more, and and maybe we can get this out to a listener or two. I don't even know if we're allowed to send. Beer I think we people. do that, but if you come visit us, yeah, that's true. We've we've gotten some beer out to some fans before. So, we can, uh, but you gotta you gotta come hang. This comes the time in in every deer review where we have to come to a verdict on the disc and beer that we are reviewing. So we'll let you know whether one, are we gonna bring this out on the course, and two. Being one being the beer and two, is this disc going in the bag? So okay, so we're starting on beer. Or can I start are. on disc? Let's, let's start on the. Uh, you can start on the disc. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start on the disc. Uh, so like Robin said, he purchased this. This Robin bought this. Um, we were kind of all kind of swept up in the hype, and um, I Joe like, has I basically like, spent the last like six hours begging me to let him put it in his bag, and then he said I could. <laughs> Uh, basically I almost bought this disc a few times and each time I got to my cart and it was like $8 shipping plus like it's a brand new disc. So it was like 17 plus eight. By the time I got into my cart, I just couldn't justify like the $25 for the disc or whatever. I totally can now. Um, 
but I'm not going to use Brown so I can bag this until I buy a new one, but it's all good. <laughs> this, uh, I'm, I am pretty positive is going to be my, my max distance disc. Um, I, th- it's fresh one, so it wasn't turning over at all. I was flipping it flat. That glide is for real. I throw everything on a hyzer pretty much. A little bit of wear, and I'm going to get a really clean S on it, I know. Uh, and it's going to go for days, and that minimal fade is kind of what I'm missing. So I throw a lot of high-speed stuff, and I can get good distance on my high-speed drivers. But pretty much everything I throw high-speed uh, is is geared up for that big fade. Like I said, I have like four and five feet, four and five uh, fade on pretty much all my high-speed drivers. Uh, and I can still pump them out there, but you know, you, you need a lot of room or I need a lot of room for them to go where they need to go. This, I feel like I'm going to be able to get the same distance and, uh, not have to worry about pumping it out way right to get back to where I need it to be. Um, and the beautiful thing is by the time this gets to the point that I don't really want to throw it anymore. Robin's going to love it. <laughs> no, I love this disc as it is right now, to be honest. No, totally. Um, but you'll love it then, too. So, uh, there are a couple other discs. So, the DDX, when I, I bought it originally in the second release, there was a, a first release, which was, I think, part of the kind of Peach Day Open. Yes. They did a DDX release, and then I, I caught the second release of the DDX, uh, which I got this S-Line one. And I really like it. I really do. Um, it's a great disc. I bagged it for a while, uh, probably about six weeks uh, up until recently. Um, it it didn't. It closely mirrors the lines of other discs that I use. Um, I I really do focus my bag on high glide discs, uh, not necessarily understable, but that kind of minus one range things like that. Well, plus with the twelve speed, it like it 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 helps with the understability because it's not really that mm-hmm. bad off the bat. Yeah. Um. You know, if if you're pulling a minus one, that's like a seven speed. Mm-hmm. It's going to be totally different. Yeah. Then, especially for me, and I've talked about it before, like I feel one hundred percent more confident being able to just reach back and crank than I do trying to shorten it or throw yeah. with a little less speed. Like, that's that's super tough for me. I'm working on it. Like, that's one of my big pieces. But this, like, I know I can just, like, reach back as deep as I can and just crank hard, mm-hmm. and it's going to do what I want. And for me, there was really only one hole locally that I use it on, that I would use it on. And so it wasn't totally worth it for me when I had other discs that could kind of come close to that. So I, I really do like the disc, and I did bag it for a period of time. So I'm going to say that I would because... But he said I could bag it, so... In the, in the current situation, I, I would. Um, the beer, on the other hand... The beer is another one of those, uh, and we talked about it, and, and we've had lots of things where we said, like, oh, over 8%, I don't really want to mess with it on the course. This beer is totally worth... Like I said, it's worth that, like, three or four strokes on the back nine for me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's sneaky good. Like it's not, uh, it's not overly boozy. You know, you're not gasping for breath after each sip. Uh, you just knock it down and it tastes good and mm-hmm. it does work. And as long as you don't drink two of them on the course, 
You're going to be fine. Oh, we're totally going to do that at some point, aren't we? <laughs> if you drink two of them, you're going to be sleeping, you know, on hole 18. But, or in, you know, a work, <laughs> work truck. But it, as long as you only have one of them, it, this Mach 10 is delicious from Bear Republic. The DDX is a great disc. It really lives up to the hype. Listen, and, and I'll be totally, totally honest, and I'm going to be full disclosure right now. Um, I fought the hype. I bought the hype. I was like, ah, I don't know. And I'll be totally like embarrassingly honest. I saw the 12 speed minus one and I was like, eh, eh, it's just going to turn over. I'm not, I'm not down with that. Um, and, uh, I was wrong. I was totally wrong. This thing is awesome. And I think it's, it really was like the window into my disc soul where I was like, you know what? I've got my my big, uh, you know, super high speed, big fade Heiser crush discs. Really, I I need to look at glide, and and low fade, and that's really gonna change my game. And I really do think that bagging this disc is is ultimately gonna make my game b- better in two ways. One, um, I'm gonna be able to just crank it and it's going to stay in that line but two it's going to help me with my hyzer problem a little bit i think it's going to force me to really like understand the lines with it because i'm not going to be able to put it out super far right and and wait for it to come back because of that fade um but that that glide i yeah it's gonna be awesome it's gonna be my max distance t-bird which yeah. um, is sounds like the greatest possible disc in the world to me right now. So I think the the verdict on this disc and beer pairing, our deer pairing, is pretty clear. But Joe, why don't you why don't you give the verdict? So I mean it's it's all chains, but I think it's uh, you know I'm gonna call it this. So this is something that uh, Rob and I understand. I wish we would have experienced it. We have it. it it'll happen some someday. I know it will. It's called a super ace. <laughs> um, it's where like you throw your disc, right? You so you throw off the T pad, and you just hit all chains, right? So it's an ace, right? So it hits all chains, and it stays in long enough for everyone on the car to be like, "Oh, nice ace!" And then somehow it just chips out, and flies another three hundred feet into the next basket and sits there. It's a super ace, you know. That's like a that's like a minus four in one throw. I think it's a super ace. It sounds legit. I mean, I'd love to see a I video. Think it's, I mean, I'm pretty positive it's a real thing. I would, I would love to see a video of that. No, this is a, a super ace. I, uh, although it's seasonal, and hopefully I can find some more this season. If not, you know, every time I see this beer, I'm going to buy it. And two, this disc, I... Sorry to my wife, who doesn't listen, which is okay, but please don't tell her. I'm going to buy a lot of these, I think. <laughs> like, I think, like... But you need at least one more. No, so, and then, so then they're going to... give me mine Then they're going to... But, see, but I need, like, two more because they're going to layer, and it's just going to be... It's going to be a thing. Because I really like this plastic, too. I really like the S-Line. Uh, it just feels right for this style of disc for me. So, as they wear, you know, I'll need another one, and so on and so forth. And, and like we said, this doesn't have a lot of wear. Like, it's mm-hmm. pretty clean out of the box, and it already does what I want, which means soon it might not do what I want, but that'll work for something else. So there's probably going to be a time, and I'm sorry to disappoint you all who, you know, are big Joe fans. 
Joe is... I would have like three or four 12-speed discs in my bag. I know. I don't mean to disappoint. <laughs> but it's going to happen. This thing, uh, I've fought the hype so much, and I really didn't believe in it, and I was totally wrong. So this is a rare occurrence on the Disc Golf Podcast. So when we call a review, a deer review, is all chains, that means both of us would bag the disc, and both of us would bag the beer. So... We're calling it all chains. We would both put this DDX in our bag. We would both put the Mach 10. Although, although on the record, Bear Robin Public. said I could put this one in my bag. Joe is going to going to get to play with this DDX uh, until I replace it. Until he replaces it, that's fine. Because uh, I have, to be honest, I have a star turn, which, which we'll review more in the future. But. Which gives me a similar line to this disc, uh, that this DDX and. Um, few others that i that i use to get the same exact line that i i know a little better but i i still really do like the ddx it's a terrific disc and i have bagged it and i probably will bag it in the future so uh we are all chains every single one we're super hitting center chain and then apparently and then hitting like another center chain. apparently all four of those are going to to other baskets and landing in those too for a super ace that joe has you know, hey, someday it'll happen. So, is there such thing as a double super ace? Like, what if, what if, what if he hits that next basket and then decides to to settle long enough to count and then go to the basket after that? Oh, that's, that's not possible. That's like five minute abs. Like, you yeah. can't do well, that. Well, I mean, I just you I'm can't just, do that. You can't do that. Like, well, that's too much. I'm just saying. You're getting ahead of yourself there, brother. So that's it. That's our deer review. We have reviewed the DDX. By Discmania, and we have Mach 10 by Bear Republic Brewing. Check out both of those. Discmania's got a lot of great discs. Bear Republic has really a terrific, uh, just full scale, beautiful brewery, and a ton of great beers. Every every beer I've, I've ever had from Bear Republic is amazing. Yeah, and they're awesome people. They've hooked us up before. They're great. Um, we might even have a disc somewhere that we'll give away at some point from yeah. them. Well, speaking Think of, of which, that, yeah. last week we talked about our our Instagram channel. If you don't, uh, if you don't follow us already, you should be following us. But we broke one thousand followers on our Instagram channel this last week, and we said we were going to give away a disc, and we are going to give away a disc, and it's going to be a Emac Truth, a Lucid Emac Truth. That we reviewed super pretty on a previous episode, and I right now am going to pop open my list of followers on Instagram and randomly pick one person. Um, so if you hear your name, just direct message the Disc Golf Podcast on Instagram and say, "Hey, I heard you say my name. I want that truth," and we'll get it to you. That simple. So you really do have to listen to this podcast, and I'm realizing like I'm scrolling through thousands of listeners right now. That's because like that's, that's what am I gonna rolling. do? Like, do I just have to like put my thumb down? What's the protocol on this? Here, I'm... close your eyes. Now well, put your thumb down. All right. So we have Raymond Fink, who is uh, Noose Egg in O O S E G on uh instagram 
He works at Dutch Brothers Coffee. Oh, good. I was like, he. I hope he's not from like Latvia, and we're gonna have to like ship it. Super. So far. hopefully, Raymond Fink listens if you to the Disc Golf Podcast. Listen to us, and you hear your name. Direct message us on Instagram. We'll get your details and we'll send it to you. So again, Raymond Fink. Hopefully, you'll hit us up, and if not, I guess we'll try again next week. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's a big thing. Uh, we and by we, I mean Robin puts up awesome pictures, and we got lots of followers. But the main thing is, we want to give back to our listeners, not just those who dig our pretty pictures. So hopefully, you're a listener. If not, we're gonna try again next week and, and get someone. But we want yeah. someone who really loves disc golf and is into it to get that awesome emac truth. Yeah. And, uh, Joe, tell us about the rest of our social media accounts. So once again, Instagram, we are at the Disc Golf Podcast. We're on Twitter at the Disc Pod. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash the Disc Golf Podcast. We put up some really cool stuff. And by we, once again, I mean mostly Robin. But we have a good time. Get to know us. We answer every direct message. You can chat with us. Let us know what you think. Give us suggestions, whatever we are in, uh, and we are kind of in the process. We've we've played with a couple of our listeners, and we're gonna play with some more. If you're around, we'd love to play around. Yeah, and if you're looking to buy some discs, go to infinitediscs.com. Use our promo code the DG Podcast, and uh, get a discount on your next order with the best online retailer out there, infinitediscs.com. Thank you for listening. Get out there, throw stuff at stuff, have a beer with your round, have a great weekend. And if you're under 21, someday you'll have a beer with your round, it'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs>